0: of the Colorado Rockies. Hello, everyone. I'm Allison Twitter from MLB.com, and I am here with our friend Jack Corrigan. Of course, you know him as a longtime broadcaster, radio broadcaster for the Rockies. And, Jack, let's start with, I mean, I feel like I have gone weeks, which I have, without talking about Nolan Arenado, because basically we haven't <laughs> done these podcasts in a long time. So before we start talking about all the things the Rockies need to do to be good, Let's talk about what they have already. That is fantastic, and that's Nolan. He, uh, Silver Slugger winner, he's won gold gloves in each of his Major League seasons. Um, I guess you really can't say enough about the guy who's, who's right in the mix for MVP of the National League.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, the, the Rockies certainly knew that Nolan was going to be a talented player, but Um, what he has displayed and how quickly he has done it in his big league career is what has been most impressive. Uh, As a minor leaguer, everybody talked about his offense, thought the defense was going to come along. At the big league level, it was the defense that showed up first and is still uh, remarkable, as evidenced by the three gold gloves, but really became uh, a, a great hitter this year at the big league level learned how to uh work pitchers a little better and, and and maybe most impressively Allison learned not to miss mistakes you know and and I think sometimes we overlook that simple fact about the difference between great hitters and good or average hitters are the guys who take advantage when that pitcher just doesn't quite hit his spot, and and they make him pay for it. And Nolan certainly did that this year, especially in the clutch.
0: So I'm looking at his splits, and of course, Rockies hitters are always going to have that stigma of oh, they're you know they they're course field hitters. And um, I mean, his splits are better at home. You know, 316 average at home, 258 on the road on base percentage, 350 at home, 296 on the road. But he had more home run home runs on the road, 22 compared to 20 at Coors Field. Um, so in that respect, it's he's a pretty, pretty even player, I guess you could say.
2: Right, and he also had more doubles on the road as well, and his um, home and road RBIs, while they skewed a little bit to the home side, he did have um, a, a, a good total away from Coors Field. And I think the thing that uh, we who follow the Rockies on a day-to-day basis appreciated the most was – how good he was in the division on the road. He played uh, very well against the Giants, especially at AT AT&T. He had good success at Dodger Stadium as well. And, you know, if you're a member of the National League West, those are the two teams you chase. So it's nice to have uh, maybe your best player performing at his best in the uh, ballparks of the two teams you're chasing.
0: So I was in Denver last weekend visiting some friends, and uh, once their friends uh, discovered what I do for a living, they all wanted to know what the Rockies need to do to be good again. And I basically said uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to develop their own pitchers um, and, and learn how to it'd just be a better pitching team. But I, I was looking at some of, the, um, some of the numbers that Thomas Harding came up with, and obviously their offense is one of the best in the league. And first, the, the first inning, they're, they're like third in the major scoring 30, 63 runs in the first inning. Okay, so they're very, very good in that respect. But now the pitchers are also giving up just as many runs. So they've, uh, they've given up uh, 55 first inning runs, which is the highest in the majors, 63 in the second inning, 66 in the third. So obviously um, when you're setting a tone for a game and you're getting behind that quickly, that's one of the major problems I would think at this point.
2: It, without question. I mean, and it, 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 it's the ripple effect as well when you're starting pitching is ineffective in the early innings. Um, you put pressure on your offense to score and keep scoring, uh, and not just at Coors Field, but on the road as well. And then by those numbers that you just talked about, you end up uh, going to your bullpen sooner, going to your bullpen more frequently and, and it just rolls into what has happened to the Rockies the last couple of years. I, I think uh, they are on the cusp of developing uh, pitching from within. I think there's enough there with John Gray to say that uh, that young man has a chance to uh, to be a, a very strong big league starter. I think they felt like they turned the corner with uh, Chad Bettis this year and that that another high draft pick, uh, maybe a little later timetable-wise, but starting to show what he's capable of, and and there's a lot of uh, talent coming at the minor league level. I don't know if they're going to be ready at the start of of 2016, so they're going to rely on uh, on people like uh, Tyler Chatwood coming back from Tommy John and Jordan Lyles maybe having a little bit of luck and staying healthy. Uh, He's not had arm issues. He's just had other freaky injuries that have uh, short-circuited his season. So there are some pieces in place. And of course, Jorge De La Rosa will be there as the veteran anchor. But I I would think uh, whether it's a uh, second-tier free agent pitcher or perhaps a trade, uh, I'm not going to be surprised if if Jeff Breidich doesn't look to add to his starting rotation. Uh, but I think they'll spend most of their offseason looking to shore up the, the bullpen.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because Brian should say that he would not be uh, adverse to finding a pitcher who might have rejected a qualifying offer. And so there's part of the technical side, just to clarify. Um, so if a team signs a player that rejected a qualifying offer, it would normally cost them their first-round draft pick. But in the Rockies' case, they, their first-round draft pick would be protected actually their second rounder, and I think I have that right. Uh, plus, they have a competitive balance pick. So this right. is actually an advantage to being, um, you know, not a very good team, is that you do have those those things protected, which might encourage him to maybe move on one of these guys who um, who might have rejected a qualifying offer, who's a very good quality pitcher.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a terrific point, Allison. I mean, the Rockies are going to have three picks in the first, uh, I think, 40 or 42 selections, so it, for them to lose one, if they feel uh, one of those uh, free agent pitchers is going to to give them not only help right now, but but serve as a bridge that they're not forced to uh, rush the Kyle Freelands and the and the Hoffmans and the Sensatellas and the other young pitchers in the pipeline uh, ahead of schedule. Um, I, I think the Rockies, because it'll be Jeff's second winter meetings now as the boss, are are, are going to be a little more active. I don't know that they'll be crazy in that regard, but but there are there are circumstances there there are things in place that that would enable them to to make a move if it if they think it's in their best interests.
0: Okay, well, we'll keep our eye on it. Jack, thank you so much again for pinch for our friend Thomas Harding, and we will catch up with you down the road. Appreciate it.
2: Sounds good, Allison. Always enjoy it.
1: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest